Welcome to Talking With Tech. I'm your host, Rachel Madel, joined as always by Chris Bouguet. Hey, Chris. What's going on, Rachel? Not much. I'm so excited. We're doing a podcast recording. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's kind of a unique thing. We don't get to do it very often. <laughs> Just every week. <laughs> All right. I'm excited to show you something. You know, um, over the years, occasionally come on these banters and I'm like, I got to show you a new piece of tech. It was one of the reasons that um, I agreed to do this in the first place uh, all those years ago when um, Lucas asked us to get together. It's like, who's this Rachel Madel? Oh my gosh, she loves technology. I love technology. All right, right? So I what I'm uh, the way we have done this in the past is I've invited you to share your screen and we kind of walk through together if I'm showing you something new. Uh, are, you, are you down for that? Yes. All right. So uh, while you're sharing your screen, I will ask, are you familiar with Immersive Reader? Um, yes. I don't, I, I've heard of it. I know it. I don't use it that much, but yes, I'm familiar. Okay. So I'm not going to go into Immersive Reader or go over that with you now or for the listeners that are listening right now. I'll give you the quick flyby version. You know, if we were in an elevator together, I would tell you what Immersive Reader is. So that's, I'll do that quickly because you can go play with that on your own. Um, it is built by Microsoft. It has text-to-speech. It has... Um, uh, all these different functions, like it's got a picture dictionary, it can put little um, uh, parts of speech over words, it can syllabify words by putting dots in between them, it can have high contrast or other contrasts. And the way Microsoft did it is rather than have it be a standalone product, they built it into Word and they partnered with tons and tons of websites uh, that, that you can find Immersive Reader in. So what we teach students is to look for this little Immersive Reader icon, and then you can use Immersive Reader. So, um, so in some versions of Immersive Reader, like in Microsoft Word, uh, not, so it's not universal. They're, what I'm about to tell you is not universal. They have added a feature for a couple of years now. They've had a feature called Reading Coach. Are you familiar with Reading Coach? Um, Yes, I'm familiar with it, but I don't know a ton about it. Okay. Again, uh, if you have Microsoft Word and you take some text and you plop it in there uh, and you go and you click on the View tab and go to Immersive Reader and you click through, click through the tabs, one of the options there will be Reading Coach and you can go play with that on your own. Again, I don't want to take a minute here to describe it. Just know that that exists. That uh, The people that have been using it have uh, provided really good feedback to Microsoft saying how much they enjoy it and like it. I'm certainly a fan of it. But what they've done just recently is they said, what if we broke that out out of Immersive Reader and created a, a new experience uh, that is specifically Reading Coach? So that's really what I want to show you today. Um, it's something new from Microsoft that I don't know. You, uh, you tell me if you've seen it before. Okay, the website that I'm going to ask you to go to is coach.microsoft.com. All right, I'm going to share my screen. Coach.microsoft.com. Ooh, reading coach. Yeah, and what it says right there, you see it? Engage students and improve reading fluency with AI-powered stories and personalized practice, right? And if you scroll down a little bit, it says getting started, and there's three different tabs. One says parents and guardians, the next says educators, and the next says IT administrators. Uh, you might intuitively think, oh, I want to go to the educators or the, uh, like if I, you worked for a school district, maybe the IT administrators. But those, what those do is this: they take you and they invite you to sign up, and then you become part of the community to actually play with the tool, you want to go to the Parents and Guardians tab and it says, uh, get started. You don't have to download the Windows app, just hit get started. So then you sign in. Yes, you do need to sign in. Okay, so you see when you click the get started, you sign into your Microsoft account 
And then there's some permissions that you click on and then you hit continue. But let's get to the actual tool, right? So what this says is let's practice reading. And it's really a reading tool. So you see once you, once you get to the actual tool, it says let's practice reading. And then there's some options. But the option that I really want to show you, it says create a story using AI. So when you click on that button, right? It gives you all these different characters. So you can choose an animal, a fantasy uh, creature, a science fiction creature, and they have little, the short little words like bear, cat, dog, and a little icon, like an emoji uh, uh, over, over. Owl, because <laughs> I'm a temple owl. For those who don't know, I went to Temple University. Woot, woot. Um, and then it says choose a location. And then there's options here like house, space, school, and so so forth. Definitely choosing island. All right. So now you've chosen an owl and an island. And the next thing it says is choose your reading level. And there's some options here. It's like one through eight. So can you picture in your mind one of the kids that you work with and maybe you think what kind of where what where they might be? And I, it, it's not clear to me if, whether this is supposed to be some sort of grade level or something, but just start pick somewhere. All right, so you picked five, level five example, and it gives you uh, like four words of what the story that it's going to generate might be, or four lines of what this story might generate. So you think, okay, is this about right for the student that I'm working with? Yeah, I think so. All right, choose level five. And then you, so you hit a button and it's doing some work. You see the owl spinning, the icon for the, uh, for the, the palm tree for the island spinning, and it says, welcome to Reading Coach. And then Reading Coach is really similar to the Reading Coach that was built into Immersive Reader that is in the Word version. Again, Reading Coach is not in the web version. If you were to go to one of the websites that have Immersive Reader, you wouldn't see Reading Coach, but it's in the Word version, and now they've made it this, sepa this separate tool married with AI. So it says, start reading. And when, when you do this, it's going to give you a little countdown, Rachel. And Please intentionally make some mistakes, okay? In the middle of a lush Islan, high up in a tall tree, sat an owl named Oliver. He loved living in the tree where he had a magnificent magnificent view of the forest and the ocean beyond and now hit stop so what did it do it, it gave you it, it it used ai to create a customized uh, story from the characters that you selected and then it says choose what happens in the next chapter and uh you can choose and it'll generate even more right if you continued reading but underneath these uh, options to continue reading and having the the story go on there's something that says done reading see results and when you see the results it gives you the results. So there's pronunciation accuracy, reading time, and then words to practice beyond owl, ocean, view, forest. These are ones that it analyzed and said, hmm, okay, these are some of the words that you might have struggled with, um, some of the words that you might need additional practice with. And then you can choose to either keep reading or choose practice words. And if you choose practice words, it gives you these five words. Select any word to tackle them again. Oh, so fun. It's it's reading coach. It coaches you through it. And read the word out loud. Fo uh rest. That's not quite it. <laughs> Give it another shot. 
do I have to hit this again? I think so. Forest. You're getting there. Let's read it again. Forest. Your effort is showing. Great reading. Wow, this is so cool. Yeah, now there's some other options. If you hit the next button to go to the next word, let's talk, let's talk about some of their options. You'll notice that there is a little pronunciation guide. So if you were to, yep, click on that, it says, hear the word. Ocean. So you can now, oh, okay, that's the word. If you were uh, trying to sound it out at first and use all the strategies that a teacher may have taught you, you know, use your finger underneath or um, notice there's an arrow there. See what those arrows do? Stretch the word. So it shows you where the syllables are. It's O shin, right? And there's a space in between. And you can listen to O shin. There's little buttons you can click, which you just did over each of the syllables. So you can learn how to break it down. And then if you needed, like, okay, what is this word? What does it mean? Um, I'm not sure what it is. There is picture support, but in this particular, it's weird. Ocean doesn't have a picture. Feels weird. <laughs> yeah. So the idea being that you can coach yourself through it and kind of work independently on practicing these words. And then when you get to the end of practicing them all, you can go go back. Um, you can see that there, it's sort of, in my, in my estimation, it sort of gamifies the practice experience. Like, okay, this is what my score was when I did this. This time let me read it again or read a different passage again and try and you know beat my my high score you know totally this is awesome i'm just going back so. yeah but i think what's most fun about it is generating your own story with your own characters that's personalized you know yeah i also love that it kind of is like what are we doing next uh, the battle for the forest or oliver's encounter with the intruder that's fun. Yeah, look, it's creating. It's creating. It's creating. <laughs> this little owl on his island adventure. Awesome. Okay. I want to just pause it for a second. Hold on. Let me stop reading. What? What is all? Oh, I wanted to see the other features. Hit read again at the bottom. Read again. Okay, so. Is there a way to pause it? Yeah. Yeah, hit the X. Oh, okay. So you want to see what some of the other features are of Immersive Reader, if you haven't played with them, or you just need a refresher. So in the top right of this Immersive Reader experience, now this is going to be universal in any Immersive Reader, you know, with, uh, so on any website that has Immersive Reader or in Microsoft Word, there's some of these features like, what do you see? So there's text preferences, which is super helpful um, for some of my students. It looks like there's a dark theme, which I feel like would be so good for kids with any type of visual um, impairment, including CVI. Uh, there's grammar options, so you can toggle on different parts of speech that have color coding if you're working on helping students understand different parts of speech. And I also feel like that's just really helpful for vocabulary purposes, understanding the different kinds of words. Um, I do a lot of work with kids with prefixes and suffixes and root words and like how you can use that to kind of decode a word that you don't know. Um, so I feel like that would be a really good strategy to kind of utilize when you're teaching. It has a show labels button. So if you have, uh, you're not seeing colors and those colors don't resonate with you, you can put whether it's a noun. So I'll give you a little N or a V or verb. And yeah, it's super important. Like read, 
or the color red, well, you know, that's red is going to be an adjective and read is going to be a verb. And as you're trying to work through that, that's a clue to help you know what the what the word is. Love it. Syllable. That's super helpful. If you have a word that you're not quite sure of toggling on syllables to break down the word, this is a strategy that we teach kids. This is great. Reading preferences. Ooh, this is really nice. The line focus. This reminds me of the the little bar on Google Read and Write, which is the tool that I use the most um, to kind of help kids track. Um, right. It kind of grays out the top and bottom uh, and you it hyper focuses just like a, a window on on one line. Or in this case, you could choose a wider one like three lines. Yeah, this is great. Love it. Picture dictionary on. <laughs> That's great. So that reading coach is new and it says free preview. So I don't know when I say reading coach, that standalone at coach.microsoft.com is new and it says free preview. And I don't know what Microsoft's plans are uh, for, I don't know, monetizing it or if it's going to be free forever or how they're going to um, continue to use it. But right now it's available. So I would say go play with it. Go check it out. Uh, see how see what stories you can create. Show it to students. See what they think. Um, try the different levels and have them create stories that are personalized to them. I'm really excited to use this in my therapy this week, Chris. So thank you. And I'm super excited to get feedback. It seems like every time we do this, you you show it stuff to students and then you send me a video and I'm like, yes, oh my gosh, look, it's actually students are using it. So that's cool. I'll be looking forward to it. So Chris, what is our interview about today? Well, the interview today is with someone named Caitlin, uh, Caitlin Armstrong. And what she was um, wanting to brainstorm about was how to write a proposal to administrators about having some sort of inclusive AAC uh, initiative. So we sort of brainstorm how to like actually convince other people to to embrace a, a more universal approach to AAC. Uh, I'm so excited to listen to this interview. If you enjoy talking with tech, we could use your help in spreading the word about the podcast. Please take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. The more positive reviews the podcast gets, the easier it becomes for others to find it. The more people who find the podcast, the more the word spreads about how to effectively consider and implement AAC. And who doesn't want that? If that sounds good to you, please take a moment and give the podcast a quick review. We'd so very much appreciate it. Now, let's get back into the episode. Hello there. Uh, so I'd like to welcome on to talk today about, um, I guess we're really going to talk about uh, all sorts of stuff, is Caitlin Tenalia. Caitlin, how did I do? You did great. That sounded great. <laughs> cool. So Caitlin, let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, who you are and what you do. Sure. So I am a preschool-based speech-language pathologist. I um, graduated and earned my C's right at the beginning of the pandemic, which was not the best time to be joining the workforce, but um, I certainly gained some great skills <laughs> because of that situation. Um, I worked, I'm, I was kind of a non-traditional student where I, I finished my undergrad back in 2012, 
Then I worked as a speech language assistant for a number of years, went back to grad school, came out of grad school, went back to working. Uh, well, I did a very short stint in outpatient and then went back to working in schools. Um, so yeah, I'm in a preschool right now and um, not the preschool that I started in, um, but I have um, really enjoyed that setting because I feel like I can um, really push in with the kids and and model using AAC, which I think helps not only the children, but the staff. So it's um, it's been it's been really great. Awesome. Awesome. And then you reached out because um, it sounds like you have um, some supportive administration or some administration support uh, mm -hmm. and um, and you have some specific questions. So I'm just going to, you know, just listen and let, let sure. you kind of explain where you are and um, what you're thinking. Sure. Um, so I'll jump back a little bit um, to my first year in preschool. Um, I was working in a Title I district. Um, so lower, uh, fewer resources than say um, a more affluent area. Um, and when I started in the school, it was only my second year working as a speech pathologist. And I noticed that um, kind of Taylor's oldest time, lots of pecs, modified pecs that would come out around snack time and then be put away. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and so I, this was probably right around when I first started listening to your podcast. And I, I thought, okay, I feel like we can, you know, take what we know and do a little bit more. And so I knew that I wasn't going to get all of the iPads that I wanted just my first year starting right out. So I um, scrapped a lot of the pecs and we started doing uh, like a communication flipbook sort of. So it was like a five by seven core board. And then I had, um, categorical fringe words. They were like two by seven strips across the top and mm -hmm. like um, colors, colors yes, that were up there, exactly. some descriptive words. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And I had the alphabet on the back. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I started using these with a couple of kids and then I thought, well, why don't we just make a ton of them and have them throughout the classrooms? So um, the preschool that I was working in had a really cool model where there was a, a special educator and a, a speech path in every classroom. And we kind of co-taught um, and worked on curriculum together. So I um, got my co-teacher on board and we started just modeling using these communication books all the time. And the kids were starting to really pick up on it. Um, and I found that we were getting a lot of non-speaking kids coming in as, after the, you know, in the pandemic mm -hmm. um and people were realizing pretty quickly like hey this works this is cool mm -hmm. and, and uh, that was without voice output really right I mean, voice you, output. you yeah. were being the voice output exactly and the the fantastic paraeducators who were in the classroom who really quickly picked up on um you know modeling without expectation and providing aided language input throughout the day mm -hmm. um so then uh my second year in this preschool, I said, well, this is great, but let's see if we can do better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's when I went to my really wonderful uh, supervisor and said, hey, I want five iPads with touch chat on them. When can you get them to me? <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, that was a big, like, 
okay, Caitlin, we like your ideas a lot, but uh, we don't have the funding for that currently. And so at this point, I was like sending her your podcast episodes and I was leaving research articles on her desk every day. And um, so. And she wanted she it's clearly it's like, I want to help. And this exactly. okay, you're saying you need this. I'm not questioning that you need it. It's a matter of how do I get the funds and where do I. Exactly. Well, yeah, yeah. And OK. As like a side tangent, a little side tangent just around funding in New Hampshire, um, our education funding formula isn't the best in our state. We okay. actually receive the lowest um, state funds per pupil in the country. Hmm. Okay, I didn't know that. We do. And New Hampshire, we don't have sales tax and we don't have income tax. So 70% of education funding comes from property taxes. So that's kind of where these inequities arise. So if you live in a town that um, is affluent, then you have access to quite a few more resources. Uh And then if you live in a town that um, is property poor, you do not have the access to all of these resources. Mm -hmm. Um, Um, Do you mind if I dig into that just for a second with what I think I know? And you'd be like, no, Chris, you're way off on your New Hampshire knowledge here. Okay. So, (laughs) um, some, I have family that lives in the Northern Massachusetts area and something that I hear from them, extended family, you know, talk to them a handful of times a year, text messages, that sort of thing. And, uh, but something I hear out of that region of the country is um, there's people sometimes leave that region of the country. And so the the number of people buying homes there are not necessarily going up. So your property taxes, if that's how you're primarily funding your schools and your population is decreasing because people are leaving, then you're sort of, is that all fair or am I off of my numbers? You're very close. So we have, it's very interesting. We have a very high aging population um, and a lot of younger people are yet, are leaving. A lot of teachers and educators cross the border into Massachusetts because the situation is a little bit better in terms of funding and pay in Massachusetts. Um, so, and but we also have a lot of people coming in from other states because we don't have the income tax uh, and the sales tax. So it's it's an interesting situation. We get a lot of um, people coming in who are buying second homes and vacation homes um, who might not be as vested in the education funding as people who have young children in the area. Okay. Okay. So all of that to say funding is an issue. Funding is an issue. Um, And that's why I think that this model would be really fantastic for a lot of districts in uh, New Hampshire because it kind of minimizes, helps eliminate these inequities that we see from district to district when it comes to access um, Mm -hmm. for assistive technology. You mean the specific language system first approach? That is exactly what I'm talking about. (laughs) Um, Let me ask some other clarifying questions. You said uh, that the, the, like the, the paraeducators sort of were are just wonderful and they kind of picked up on it. Um, would it be fair to say that they that you did some sort of let me teach you about this experience where you probably did? I'm guessing you did may have done some training and then they picked up on it, as opposed to 
oh, Caitlin comes in and does something and I watch them and then by osmosis, I learned it. Is that? <laughs> so I didn't do a lot of like whole group trainings. It was more one-on-one um, with Paris and showing them how to model um, while I was working with students. Um, I was lucky in my last preschool in that I was in the classroom with these educators and students all day long. And so a lot of education happened kind of more on the fly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I realize now that I think uh, some some good trainings would have been helpful. Um, but uh, yeah, a lot of it was more in person, um, working one-on-one -on -one with, with staff and, um, mm -hmm. and students. So I, let me just make sure I heard you correctly. So because you're in there more frequently, it wasn't like a, um, some people might have a, an image of like the speech therapist comes in 30 to 60 minutes a week in little chunks and do does something magical and then leaves. It sounds yeah. like you're uh, a 50-50 partner with the educate the teacher in that room. And so you're because you're spending more minutes. Uh, in that room, they can see you doing that magic. And then you can say, see how, here, here's how I'm doing the card trick, right? I'm putting this, I'm seeing the aces up my sleeve, right? So now you can try and put the ace up your sleeve. Is that the same? Is that the yeah, idea? Yeah, it was a really, like, really lovely model. Mm -hmm. um, so when I, I have a new baby, um, so I, unfortunately, I'm no longer in that preschool. We ended up moving further away from the district. Um, I did just learn that they were able to get funding for these uh, these iPads within the classrooms. And I know that they're well supported right now. The district decided to contract an AAC specialist who's spending quite a bit of time at the preschool, who has been on board with everything. And I've been in quite uh, frequent communication with my old supervisor <laughs> and saying like, what do you need? I'll come help you. Even though I don't work for your district anymore, I will come in and like help this you know, yeah, you're invested too. Cause I'm invested. Yeah. Um, so now I'm in a new preschool, slightly different model. There's two classrooms. I have a really wonderful speech language assistant and then there's myself and I'm working part-time. Um, and so I, can I just, let, Sorry, me ask, let me just ask one quick clarifying <laughs> question there too, because different parts of the country, as they're listening to this, be like, well, well is it all in the same district or not? But if, if I understand my New Hampshire correctly, it's yeah. small townships that each have their own um, their own school district, as opposed to yeah. where I am, where it's ninety to hundred schools all within on county. Uh, yeah. It's it's individual townships. Is that fair? Yes, individual townships. So my I'm in a, a collaborative district now. So there's um, there's I'm going to get this wrong. There's I believe six different towns that each have their own district that's um, preschool through fifth grade. And then they all go to uh, converge and go to the same middle school and then the same high school. Um, okay. But I work for my own small little district in a little cohort of other little districts. Um, and my new district is quite a bit more, um, there is, certainly more funds available for um, things like assistive technology and assessments and and whatnot. Um, okay. Because property taxes are much higher in this new town. Okay. So um, they have a little bit more money 
that you can maybe tap into. Can I ask one last question before we get into, uh, I want to, thinking about your old preschool, you sure. had said you went to your supervisor and said, I need five iPads with touch chat. Is that yes. fair? So let me ask, why five? Were you thinking one for me, one for the teacher, one for each of the paraprofessionals, or just this is what I think we can afford, or there was five kids and I was thinking one-to-one -one for each of those kids. How did you come up with the number five? Sure. The number five came from, this is what I think that maybe I can get away with. Mm -hmm. <laughs> maybe, maybe that, that I'll get some support on. And the why touch chat, um, that was um, what most of the educators were most familiar with. That's what I was most comfortable with. I know that now that, you know, a lot more could have gone into that decision. And I think it could have been more of a team-based decision, but it was kind of a, hey, I just need some help. Give me these things. <laughs> totally, totally. I had no judgment about how you made and the decision. now these <laughs> classrooms have, you know, each classroom has an iPad and they have the large um, poster-sized boards in the classroom. And so they're really like off to a, a great start with us. And I'm super excited, even though I'm not there anymore. I'm very invested and excited. <laughs> well, you said you said that the, the the kids in the room were making progress with language in an exciting way, not in a fake or forced way. So, you know, clearly those decisions of ha some sort of robust system that and that it was well supported is working. So yeah. I, I I think you have nothing to look back at and go, I mean, of course, look back and reflect and like, what would I do differently? Maybe I could have made it more collaborative. Sure. And use that moving forward. But I don't think there's anything wrong with the way you did it because it's working. It was working. It was working. Yeah. I, I had, I think part of that touch chat decision also came from, there was one student who came into the district that I started modeling on my personal device, um, touch chat. And so a lot of educators were seeing me model that specific system. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of where we went. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So now in the new system that has a little bit more money because the property taxes are a little bit, or there's just more, more property taxes, <laughs> more resources, more resources. Um, where are we now? So I said, let's do this all again. <laughs> and I, um, uh, I had kind of an impromptu informal conversation with my new supervisor, who's super, super forward thinking. I mean, the preschool that I'm at now had um, playground communication boards and adaptive swings. And and so she's definitely, um, you know, of the mindset that AAC is good and AAC is helpful. Um, so thankfully coming into that, this conversation, I knew that. And I said, hey, this is something I started in my last district. I would love to do something similar here if we can swing it. And she said, sure write up a proposal <laughs> and i said oh yeah i'm on it and then i thought about it and i haven't i haven't done that last time i just bombarded my boss with your podcast episodes and he was like sure <laughs> so now i need to do something a little bit more formal and um i thought that you would probably be a very good person to reach out to for support with that uh-huh do you, so let's understand why the supervisor is asking for the proposal in kind of a written up form. Do you feel like that supervisor is going to have to justify the decision with other supervisors or a board of uh, board of supervisors, you know, a school board of some sort? Is there something that they need to point to um, or do they just need to understand it better? What What do you think is the driving force for why they ask for it in a written format? 
Sure. I, I you know, proposed um, the specific language system first approach within an MTSS framework because that is what the district currently, uh, they're currently utilizing that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there is a kind of broad understanding of what I'm asking for. Um, but I think a little bit more explanation and I think some justification too. I must, I am quite sure that this is just kind of an initial proposal. Hey, here's this idea. Here's why I think we should give it a go. Um, but I think that there would likely be something more in depth to follow. Gotcha. Gotcha. So just a kind of a, a one pager outline of here's the snapshot idea. What else do you need me to provide beyond that? Um, but with the idea that there could be a whole much deeper proposal with budget asks and spreadsheets. And you and I had emailed about this a little bit, but just to bring everyone else who's listening uh, or watching or whatever um, into the fold, that that those are things, uh, a, gr- a greater like outline of the whole thing might be a phase two of this. Phase one is just mm, proof of concept. Yep, go, go with it. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. And is part of the proposal... Um, uh a position at all like or is it you know is that is it no 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 you're a speech therapist and this is it or no i'm looking for a position that does something like this where it was it literally just a proposal for the 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 hardware you know i think it's right now it's a position it's a proposal for the hardware and adopting kind of a more AAC inclusive um, environment within within the school. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe me, I would love to have a job where I am, you know, facilitate facilitating, you know, these sorts of things throughout the district. But that's, I think, right now I'm on a one year contract, hoping to be renewed. So this is kind of my starting point. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so uh, um, and let's talk since since it's sort of a small school district, right? Um, what are our numbers? We're talking, you're, did you say you're currently in two preschool different? Two, two I'm different? in, I'm in one preschool that has two classrooms. Okay. Um, and then there are, there's a, a K through two elementary school and then three, three through five elementary school within our district. Okay. So you serve all of them. No, right now I'm, I'm primarily, I'm solely in the preschool at the moment. Gotcha. So there's other speech therapists pr- providing support in those. Yes. Okay. And so let me just ask that real quick before we get into what the write-up might look like for a proposal. Are they on board with robust language? And uh, because what's going to happen, why I ask this is, if you think of yourself as as smart of one third of a team or one quarter of a team of of people, they're going to adopt these kids do you know what i mean like they're gonna kids are gonna get older and they're gonna leave and so so uh, why are oh what's what's caitlin doing down there with this this is a waste (laughs) she's doing that um so i have had conversations with the k through two uh speech uh, speech language pathologists um because i just wanted to get a sense for right now i don't have any aac users uh at the preschool i have students that i am vying to be evaluated. Right now, the district is using more of an expert uh, model. Um, so I have students that I have put forth <laughs> for the wait list. Um, but uh, I don't have any users currently. I spoke with the uh, K-1-2 SLPs, and they have five users, um, four of 
which are using touch chat. One is using LAMP. Um, and then I'm not sure about the numbers at the other elementary school with the upper grades yet. <laughs> it's on my okay. to-do list, <laughs> my fact finding. Okay. And um, again, you feel it, like those speech therapists are allies in this notion? Yes, I do. I do. From, from the conversations that I had with them, um, they seemed really supportive. Um, I kind of, I wanted to get a sense for what, um, what is the comfortability with AAC in the school? And I think that people are feeling pretty uncomfortable with it. They've had a couple, like one or two time trainings, but generally that's, uh, the biggest area I think that would need to be developed, um, yep. is building capacity within within teachers and, and other educators. Mm -hmm. um, but they did seem on, on board, which was great. <laughs> right. They weren't opposed to it. They were open no. to the, the notion. And, uh, and you got some skills here. You already did it in another place, right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so I think, wow. Well, first, I just want to say, I bet you there's people listening uh, that are going to be going, wow, I'm so envious of the position that you're in because I wish I had supportive educators and that I was being asked to write up a proposal. So let's talk about what this proposal could look like. So the sure. first thing that jumps to my mind is some sort of mission statement at the beginning around robust language and who it's for and how, what sort of what we believe in, right? Um, so I think that's the start. And does that sound fair? I think that totally sounds fair. Yeah. Um, and then underneath that once we have this sort of mission statement about what we we as a school district believe and then the the uh um the administrator would read that and be like okay yeah i'm on board with that let's do that um i, I don't have any objections to that belief well now it just becomes how do we um how do we provide those opportunities that we've outlined in that mission statement right um so i think what you're looking for is uh i like to think of it as a four-prong approach Okay, so sure. the the first prong being um, mindset. Uh, these teachers are already open to it. So, what needs to change? What do we need to adopt? And that is the idea that um, everyone can learn language, right? So that, um, and if we give them enough time and the right tools, they'll they can learn it faster and they can learn it easier, right? So I think that's number one um, is mindset. Number two is the training. Okay. I'm on board. Yeah. Kids are going to learn language. Who's going to teach them? I am. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> okay. I'll show you how to do that. Here's um, some training materials. What I heard you say you did at your last preschool was not anything formal. like come to this place or pull you out of the classrooms or get subs. It was on the fly. Let me show you a little conversations here, but because you have the time in the current preschool, do you still have that same amount of time or is it more like that other model? Like, no, because I'm covering two rooms. I am less time in each room. Is how, how does that look? I would definitely say that that's the case. Right now, I am only providing services two days a week, and then I work another half day doing meetings and evaluations. Um, so I definitely have less visibility in the classrooms compared to my previous position. Okay. Um, Just to be... So I think more formal training would likely need to occur Okay, uh, in that sense. That's fair. And I think that's typically how it works, actually. Right. Like right. based on all the conversations I've had with educator, educators like you everywhere, it's, yeah, we do we need to do something <laughs> formal because they exactly. don't have those minutes like you described in your first uh, scenario. Um, so, uh, and the, just your, 
you're talking when you said, yeah, I do evaluations and meetings. It's not all AAC, you're a speech no. therapist. So it's, you're doing the whole thing, all the speech stuff. Doing lots of things. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, so that would be the question. The next would be, what would that training look like? So if component one is mindset and component two is training, what could that training look like? And I would outline that in a sentence or two, uh, one full day, two half days, because that gives the administrator, okay, so I'm going to need subs or we're going to need some sort of rotation model where, okay, they're going to be in there, but it's going to be a slower ratio because they're going to be pulled out. Some thinking through what that training looks like sure. and being very explicit that training is I'm going to sh share knowledge with you. Like I'm going to sure. give you stuff. It can be fun and interactive. It's not just like, you know, show up and Caitlin lectures to you for three hours, right? No, it's not like that. But it is the idea. The whole point is I'm giving you information, right? Exactly. Um, what we've done in our neck of the woods, and I, this would be this third component, which would be coaching, which would be now you know what to do. I've given you this 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 information, what to do, but and I think you've been listening to the podcast, so you might know what I'm talking about here. Is that mm -hmm. now it's like just what you were doing in your previous preschool is okay. Watch me for a little while, see how I did this card trick. Now you do the card trick, and I'll give you feedback. That and I think breaking it out like that is oh okay. So now I know. Caitlin or whoever follows behind Caitlin will be providing some of their minutes, helping other people learn how to do this, not sure. by telling them what to do, but by asking reflective questions. We can dig in deeper about what that coaching could look like. But right now, I think for the proposal, it's just that training is a separate thing than coaching because your supervisor is probably not thinking of those things as separate entities. Just sure, to, sure. Just to get. that makes sense. And then I said there was a four-prong approach. The fourth part, which I think is what you're keyed in on, is the tools. Okay, so I'm going to have them. I, I want I want them to learn the, to ride a bike. They need a bike. I want them to learn a magic trick. They need these cards. I need them to learn language using AAC. They need the AAC. Um, and if I heard you correctly, what land what landed last time and what worked last time to a limited to a limited capacity was some sort of low tech version. Now you're realizing, hmm, I necessarily don't have to start with low tech. I could use the high tech. And so I feel like that could be a, a two prong thing that there's the, here's the proposal for the high tech accompanied with the, the paper-based, you know, that goes with that. Sure. Uh, and how does that, so let me just stop there. And how does, how do those four buckets or components so you can kind of see them i kind of see them in the proposal as maybe quadrants like a visual as opposed to sure. uh heading and then but it could be it could be as simple as a heading with with text underneath i don't know your canvas skills but if you're um you know what i mean like if you're graphic organizing kind of like you could you could make it look like you know what i mean absolutely no i think that all sounds sounds really really good um in terms of like mission statement, I think about, you did an episode recently and I might be wrong about which one it was. I think it might've been with Mackenzie and Danny um, where they talked about, um, and Kendra, um, where they talked about aligning kind of your goals with the district's goals. Mm -hmm. And so I, or the school's goals. And so I spent quite a bit of time you know, combing the school website, what is their mission? And they have this really strong um, push for more education around um, DEIJ and um, student and staff health and wellness and meaningful assessment. So I feel like this all kind of, I can very easily make the rationale that like, hey, my goals really fit 
with your goals right now. If we want to, you know, make education more equitable, we need to make sure that all of our students have the tools to be able to participate in education. Um, so I think that all of that works really well. <laughs> and then mindset, I think most educators in my district are, are of that mindset. I mean, UDL is a huge, um, component of learning in my district. We do, we meet about, uh, and talk about, um, universal design frequently. Um, so again, I feel like that all fits in really well. I think that there are, I am sure that there are likely some educators who are not as comfortable and familiar, which is going to be the case probably wherever you go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I think that mindset, um, is certainly a place that I won't have to do too much uh, shaping. Too, yeah, too much shaping. <laughs> yeah, in, in in keeping it tight in your proposal, I I really um, an administrator I was working with during the pandemic was we were formulating our messaging to the community and to teachers. That was a word that he used. He was like, uh, "We're going to keep our messaging tight," and I just love that. I was like, "Yes, exactly." So mm -hmm. the, when I say mindset, I what I really uh, mean is around the end game of language, because that is where I might have this very inclusive mindset. Yes, everyone's in here. But what do I do with language is someday these kids move on. What does the graduation look like? So just in a in a tight phrase might be to eventually say whatever you want to say, wherever you want to say it to whoever you want to say it, you know, something along those lines. Sure. Um, so it's like, ah, it's not just like getting your wants and needs met, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, so that might be helpful in the picture for this, again, not knowing who the supervisor is and to, to be, oh, okay. Language. I wasn't, yes, I'm trying to be inclusive. I want everyone to be involved, but the end game for language now I've even a, a clearer picture of it. Exactly. Exactly. Cool. Um, okay, go and, ahead. Well, so the next part is where it gets a little bit fuzzy because, you're probably halfway through your one sheet paper, right? You have your mission statement, you have this awesome graphic in the middle or you know, these these short little paragraphs or a couple sentences with bullet points. Um, and then what's the, what's the actual ask underneath, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so I think one of the things you'll have to explain is what the tools are for. So let's talk through that. Uh, with the number of students you have, like you said, there you, you don't currently have any AAC users because they're on a waiting list. And so let's, what does that waiting list look like? And what I mean is how, so you have some, probably some outside side provider, or is it you that is like doing the evaluation? Um, the district contracts with an outside company. So they're having someone come in and doing an evaluation. Um, right there, there's this money, there's a money saver, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, so that brings me to, if they were, uh, it's not so much about saving money as that if they were to move to a provide these these iPads that you're thinking, um, what would the numbers look like? Are you providing them? Are you thinking, well, this is what we'd directly give to kids, or is it we would give these to the teachers and then the kids could use them and then we have even more evidence when so and so comes in to do their evaluation? Um which is a whole nother model we could be thinking about, right? As opposed right. to doing the this the sort of bring someone in. There's a more collaborative, there's a 
I'll, yeah, I think more collaborative way that we could, uh, I guess someone could come in and make it collaborative, but that's uh, sure. not typically my experience. If someone comes in from the outside, writes up a report and provides it, maybe does some, some interviews, but there's sure. another way of sort of uh, all the educators getting together and discussing the needs. So are you thinking the iPads are, I want the iPads, Chris, to give them directly to the kids, or I want the iPads, Chris, to give them directly to the teachers, or start with the teachers and eventually the kids, where, do, where is all that fitting with you? Well, my, my, in my ideal world, it would be, you know, we have this as a tool. So if we see someone come in who is maybe middle speaking or non-speaking, we can say, Hey, why don't we jump in and just start trying it and modeling it and using it and see if it works. Um, and at the same time, we are, you know, modeling to the whole class um, so that it AAC becomes a bit more ingrained into the classroom culture and the school culture mm-hmm. um, so that, you know, we're bringing other kids into it and showing them, hey, you know, some kids talk with their hands, some kids talk with their voice, some kids talk with technology, you know, really making it more inclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think being able to one speed up the process and just get like hit the ground running mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and expose kids to this right away, but also to be doing kind of a, a, cl- a whole classroom modeling at the same time, if that makes sense. Yes. Yes. Then I think that coaching piece is going to be huge because that's how you get those other educators doing it when you're not there as they feel more right. secure in doing that. So, th- so, all right. So the tools then to me um, are, for the educators right now with the idea that, um, so, cause that's how you build the culture, right? It's, I have right. it, this is my thing. This is the tool that I use. And when I'm sitting next to any kid, whether I'm thinking they need it or not, I'm gonna be modeling language. It's gonna help the kids that absolutely need it. And it's certainly not gonna hurt the kids that, um, that well, you know what, they, they probably don't need, like, and if I don't know, I wanna lean on the side that they, they do. It's gonna help everybody learn language, right? Exactly. Yeah. So. Does that sound right? Like, could you start with, uh, in year one, I want to build in time for coaching, for training. So I'm thinking probably some subs. And uh, then some of my time is coaching. So they're going to need, that doesn't take a lot of time outside of the classroom. It's in the classroom doing the work, but I do need a few minutes to reflect with them uh, after each coaching session so they can build the skill of modeling and then think through some explicit instruction. and then, uh, meaning, okay, how, how are we organize our instruction around language and embedding language, right? And then the tools I need are to give each of the educators in that room a, a, a device with some more, uh, let's plan for breakage, let's plan for some kids are going to need them. Uh, so, so because I, I just, I feel it. One of these educators will be like, well, this kid needed it all the time. So I just let them use exactly. it and I never really adopted it. Um, all with those paper-based supports, right? Like, and I need some, uh, I don't know how tight it is. It sounds like they have a little bit of fun. So maybe printing out core boards and making big posters. And and um, uh, if you're talking about touch chat, you've got chat editor that we can bring up on the interactive whiteboards. Those are, that's a pretty limited expense. Do you know what I mean? And chat editors free. Certainly so. to, you know, these individual evaluations that are taking place throughout the year, I, th- I would think certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think cost is always going to be a big factor with a proposal. So yeah, I think I, it certainly brings down costs. 
it's I'm not clear at this point if I feel like you need to include like a cost breakdown or make it a comparison yet. Uh, that, that might could be a, be a phase two. But phase just two. here's the ask for, for for year one, maybe at the end, um, a little bit of a, I have a multi-year plan, you know, like by year three, this is where I'd like to see it to go. Uh, an invitation to elaborate on this uh, proposal. But um do you feel like that gives you some sort of a framework to start with that you could come Absolutely. up with a, a cool one sheet that sort of explains it? Um, I would uh, consider, again, I'm not knowing who your supervisors, if they geek out on this stuff, like since you said you you use the shot, I like to call it the Shawshank approach in your past. So I don't know, you, you know, are you familiar with the Shawshank Redemption, that movie? Yeah, I am, but I'm so, not sure about the approach you're speaking of. <laughs> yeah. Um, how did he get the library in that movie? He just kept asking, right? Like, so yeah. that's what you did with your supervisors Absolutely. in your previous, like every day there was a new podcast episode. There was a new article. There was a new um, Instagram thing, right? Like you just kept doing, okay, yes. <laughs> yeah, right. So I feel like that's something that could happen here as well. Embedding a QR code to learn more and it takes it to a, a podcast episode or when you're talking about coaching and it's like coaching on what? Well, really modeling, mostly modeling. There's other stuff. It's not just modeling. We're not going to get there just with modeling, but here's the, um, here's a link to a YouTube video that explains what modeling is. Oh, okay. You know, especially if your supervisor kind of geeks out, I'm like, Oh, a QR code. What's that? You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Making it uh very 2023 ish, 2024 ish friendly could be, yeah. you know, it adds a multimodal, especially if they're UDL, it's like oh, a piece yeah, of paper. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, okay, what do we got here? So I feel like that um, is probably the, a way to start. How do you feel? What do you feel like your next steps are? Do you feel like that's uh, the, the right direction for you? I feel like this all sounds really, really great. And it seems like a really um, like kind of foolproof way to kind of make my case. I think that my district will likely say, okay, where's the evidence? In which case I can say, well, we have lots of research around UDL. We have lots of research around MTSS and RTI. Uh, we have lots of research around AAC in general. Mm -hmm. um, so I think sprinkling some of that in there will also help my cause. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it all it all sounds really good. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're talking about one sheet, you've got two sides. So you could have <laughs> yeah. more technical information on the back. Do you know, sure. like you and and that's where I think those QR codes could come in for the multimodal approach of showing the research and the if it's a really um, chances are though I I would be willing to bet that they would trust you. Do you know what I mean? Like, okay, Caitlin thinks this is a good thing. Yes, I need some research to back it up because if I do have to sell this up the chain and somebody have questions sure. and I am a little concerned that maybe AAC steals kids' speech, okay, let me show you the research that it's just the opposite, yeah, right? Um, so I think a little bit of that, but uh, I think it'd be a mistake to go too heavy with that. Like, that's okay. it's all that stuff to have in your back pocket if you need it, but sure. I think it's more about... We know this is good for kids. This is the know that I've thought out that it's not just throwing tools in there, but there's support behind those tools. And here's the plan. Uh, we're going to do training, coaching, and tools. Awesome. Okay. That all makes quite a bit of sense. Any other thoughts? Any other questions? Anything they're like, hmm? Um, my last thought, I am just about finished with your course and it's oh thank you thank you for taking really it. <laughs> really fantastic and wonderful and i feel like it 
kind of set me up to have all of that uh, stuff in my back pocket if I need it <laughs> with, you know, research and rationale and all of that. So right, really I, <laughs> intentionally so I started the course with all of the, because what I hear with the specific language system first approach is, well, it's not research-based. It's like, yes, it is. <laughs> it absolutely right. is. And I don't even, uh, research is one component of it, but it's certainly evidence-based. I know AAC users, um, Chris Klein is a friend of mine who just did a uh, major talk for Talking AAC, where he referenced how this is the future of AAC, is -hmm. this approach. So we have AAC users saying to use it as one example. He's not the only. Um, We'd certainly have all the research behind it uh, from a, we need modeling, we need the core words, we need Mm -hmm. um, to uh, embed it into job-embedded coaching. So I just... I, I'm glad you took it. I'm glad that that those slides and that research and all the um, hope the, like the the references can help you. Absolutely, make, and I make it a lot faster for you to just put it all together. You know, I very much appreciate your use of memes throughout the uh, the, 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 the course. <laughs> yeah, I I, I never I never want it to be boring. You know, and so yeah, thank Definitely you. I appreciate I appreciate that. Um. Something else I was gonna say. Oh, I know. I have one last little piece of advice for you. Sure. And that is, um, I don't know how you, how you feel about this, but I know if I was faced with this task right now in 2023, 2024, I would totally be leaning into Bard ChatGPT. I'd be looking at AI to be like, all right, here are my thoughts on you know. I don't necessarily have to write it out in paragraph form. Here are my thoughts about blah 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 blah. Please write this oh, paragraph yeah. for me and then edit it uh, and compare it. You know. That's a- really great idea <laughs> i think that could be a big jump start for you and um and save you a lot of time my district they did a presentation on ai recently so i, I they're leaning into it and it i have uh, i actually shared the consensus app with yes. them that i learned about from you um which they're excited to hear about and so it's it's nice to know that you know all the technology is being embraced and will hopefully um make things more accessible for our students. For sure. There's so much opportunity embedded in those tools. As long as, like you said, embrace them. I'm so, oh man, you are in a really good spot there. You're in a really good spot. (laughs) Yeah, I think, um, I'm sure people are going to be listening or watching going, should we move to New Hampshire? Are we this way? I really like Winnipesaukee. nice this time of year. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in a good spot for sure. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, listen, this doesn't need to be the end as you um, work through this or you come up with a proposal. If you want to run it by me and be like, all right, thoughts, tweak it here. Don't say that or say it this way. I'm always happy to be a support um, because I just want to see you win here. I want to see the kids win. Um, And I'm just super excited for you. I think it's going to be awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate your help, Chris. You're welcome. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Good luck with that baby. Thank you. (laughs)